1: On. And I, I need to know: Did you achieve? We're, we're well into the year. We're approaching the new year. Did, did you achieve what you expected?
2: In my in going my around? head, this yeah. go around.
1: Well, in my head,
2: I checked everything. You get to define the rules. <laughs> exactly. What, what you wanted to achieve, not me. I, I didn't share my resolution last year, so uh, I can tell you whatever I want. And uh, yes, right. I achieved them all there you go
1: exactly what you did you achieved exactly Mm -hmm. nice i I think it's we're at that time of the year where i mean we're we're about to be thankful and and uh and and grateful and spend time with friends and family and uh, have a moment to reflect on things as well right uh did we Did we achieve what we wanted to? Did we not define anything and just go wherever the wind took us? And was that okay? Sometimes that's all right, too. But uh, many times it's about being purposeful in what we want and understanding how we get from A to B to Z uh, along the way and hopefully not destroy ourselves in the process (laughs) and and those around us.
2: And and if I may add, before we bring on our, our guest, it's a good thing not to be alone while we oh. do that, to have some support, uh, maybe learn from other people's experience because we don't always have to hit our head on the wall. Um, somebody can tell us, Hey, there is a wall there. So maybe you want to pay attention cool, cool, cool. and, and not, get, in, get inspired, heard. get inspired by hearing other people's story. And I am excited because Sean, I well, think awesome. today we're in for a treat and some really nice stories, inspirational yeah. and, uh, Let's get it going, Sean. I'll, I'll let you introduce our
1: guest. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm thrilled to have Nani Singh on. Nani, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you, Sean and Marco. It's wonderful to be here. I'm so excited. I think we'll have a great conversation today.
1: Uh, no, no question about it. And uh, we're we're always excited to to have conversations with our good friends at Imperva. Um, well beyond the tech, uh, this team. They they know. They know what really matters. It's the people and and uh, protecting the business, and that that all comes back to us as humans, right? And um, I'm excited to. I know you've put some together, put together some materials for presentations on the topic we're going to talk about today, which is how do we achieve and reach the C-suite successfully? Um, so we're going to get into all of that. But I, I'd first want to get a few words from you, Nani. About about your journey, your current role, how you got there, uh, and perhaps why this topic was an important one for you.
0: Great. So first of all, thank you again, Sean and Marco for having me here. Uh, It is really a delight to be here. Um, So in terms of my journey uh, to the C-suite, I often get asked a lot of questions about Uh, How did you get here? What helped you get here? And I find that a lot of times the people who ask me those questions aren't necessarily from just the space that I have spent my career in. And I've spent a good part of my career focused on cybersecurity and all of my career in technology. And um, I think that some of the lessons that I have learned along the way and some of the things that brought me Uh, or enabled me on this journey, apply no matter what role you have, no matter what industry you're in. Um, So I'm I'm kind of hoping that today as we go through this conversation, uh, I can highlight a few things uh, that would be meaningful for uh, your audience, no matter where they come from. Um, I started off uh, honestly as a technical writer And uh, that was the beginning of my career in technology. And I quickly learned that uh, it turned out to be one of my greatest strengths because technical writing taught me to communicate clearly. And communication is so vital, uh, especially as you start on this journey, you know, up the corporate ladder. Uh, I think the clarity of communication to all your stakeholders, whether it's up to the management levels, all the way to the board, uh, or across uh, to cross-functional teams, uh, and then in the role that I'm in, to customers. So I think that um, my my journey began as a technical writer, but the skills I learned very early on in in my 20s I still carry forward even today. Um so let me just uh, pause there and see if you you know have any follow up on on that.
2: Well I do because when the moment you go into telling stories I get all excited because <laughs> Exactly. I, I I love to have this conversation when you you have to talk about delivering the story to achieve what you want to communicate depending on who you're talking to. So just because we are in technology or cybersecurity it doesn't mean that we just have to talk in acronyms and numbers and codes, right? Actually, what we need when we sit down at the board is to deliver the message in a way that is understandable. So I want to go there. like, And, and it's, it's about how do you get to not only tell a good story, but what do you need? I'm assuming understanding the business you're in maybe one of the, um, one of the important things
0: absolutely i think that if you have any aspirations or ambitions to get into senior positions where you have a seat at the table it is really important for you to understand the business and it is really important for you to understand what are those business metrics that matter and to have the conversations with the different stakeholders, you need to understand what's important to them. So for instance, you know, talking to the board, uh, I know what metrics matter the most to the board. And I'm going to focus in my conversations with the board members on, on those metrics and on everything that we are doing that enables us to achieve those. Uh, whereas when I'm talking with my customers, I'm not talking about profitability that's not what the customer wants to hear right they care about other metrics and that could be for instance you know am i paying attention to how uh, satisfied the users are within the customer organization obviously we are a b2b company so when i speak of customers i am referring to organizations but i think he's touched on this right at the beginning marco you know when he said we're all humans and at the end of the day even in a B2B uh, environment, we are talking about people. And it is the people in the businesses that have to truly believe that you understand what value they are looking for from from your product and from your technology. And so your communication with customers has to then be focused on the value that they're looking for, because that's what matters to them. So yes, absolutely, I think, uh, you know, Tailoring the message and understanding what are those important business metrics, depending upon the different stakeholders you are talking to, is key. That is absolutely key uh, as you climb up that corporate ladder.
1: Can you can you share a, a couple examples? Because um, when I think of metrics, and uh, I'm a security guy at heart, so you look into the SOC, a metric might be mean time to detect, mean time to respond, um, how many patches you fix in a, in a day or a week is another metric that teams may, and those to me are activity metrics, mm-hmm. which may or may not actually mean anything. <laughs> um, they mean something for, do you have a team that that's active, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a team that's driving outcomes. So can you describe the importance of outcomes as a metric and maybe an example or two uh, in, in, in how you communicate and tell stories?
0: Certainly, Sean. So, I, I think that's, uh, that's a brilliant question. And uh, I always differentiate between what I call lagging metrics and leading metrics, right? So, the, the lagging measures are typically your business metrics, right? So, for instance, uh, in my world, um, it's uh, all about the net revenue retention, right? How much have you actually retained of the revenue you have, and how much have you grown that, right? But that net revenue retention, which is an important metric for everyone within my organization, they need to know how to get there. And how to get there are often those metrics that you you just uh, threw out as examples, like you said, mean time to resolve, right? So mean time to resolve within my support organization, as an example, is a very important metric. And if you don't pay attention to mean time to resolve, What will happen is that that's a leading indicator of the next lagging indicator, which is customer satisfaction score. Your CSAT score is going to start falling because customers are frustrated that their issues are not being addressed in a timely manner. And when the CSAT score starts to fall, what tends to happen typically is that the customer starts to wonder whether you are actually delivering to them the value that they were looking for. And that eventually translates into that net revenue retention metric, because it's the dollars that they are no longer willing to pay, or they want to negotiate a discount because they think that you didn't meet the SLAs, for instance. So that's really sort of like an example of the lagging indicators to the leading indicators, uh, which I really emphasize uh, for for my team, and I always say. Uh, to my team. I kind of use the analogy of losing weight because everyone can relate to that. I think everyone at some point has tried to put that on their list of goals. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can uh, stand on the scale every day and measure it, but it's actually not going to change that number. But instead, instead, if you focused on measuring perhaps uh number of steps that you're taking or if you're an Apple watch user you want to check if you're closing your move ring every day Uh, or you're counting the number of times you're going to the gym Uh, those are leading measures that is much better for you to be focused on measuring those than worrying about you know I didn't change the scale didn't move since yesterday
1: I know, Marco, you're going to jump in, but I want to ask a point because I I think this might help people kind of really grasp what you're saying here because I can work really hard on closing rings and getting steps in and do all these things, um, but I might hurt more afterwards or I still might not lose weight. So uh, is there a balance between focusing on the metric and understanding the bigger picture and, and what the end result looks like.
0: Absolutely. And I'll kind of link back to where you guys started this conversation You know, about this being a moment or time to reflect as we, especially in the United States, get into the Thanksgiving uh, holiday. Uh, I think it's important to reflect and uh, think about what's really important, right? So, why are you so interested in losing weight? What, what really matters? Is it because you're just trying to be healthy because you're concerned about, you know, blood pressure perhaps? Or is it because you just heard about an uncle that had a heart attack and now you're concerned about uh, what if that happens to me next, right? So it's really taking a step back and reflecting on why are you interested in, in losing weight in this particular example. Uh, and I think it kind of goes to you know any goals that you set for yourself. I really believe it's important to think about why. Is it, is it because your success or the way that you define success for yourself takes that into account, right? So I think everyone has their own uh, or should have their own measure of success. I think the most dangerous uh, way to measure success is uh, to let other people measure it for you or on their terms. I think it's important to do it on your own terms and think about what is it that is important for you and why really do you care?
2: This is a great point, and I'm fascinated because you you have all the right answers, and oh. that matters, right? Because when you go on the suit level, you need to know everything. That's how yeah. you scale up, right?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, that is actually uh, that is actually probably the biggest myth.
2: I right. know, I know. <laughs> I, I drug drag you there. I drag you there because I want to know what is this myth. Let's let's break this. Let's let's crack this myth and go to the reality.
0: Yes. Answers
2: or questions. What is more important?
0: Oh my goodness. So I, you know, I always tell uh, my, especially and uh, one of the the biggest joys I have is when people within my organization. Take the next step forward in their careers. And usually, you know, they're moving from being uh, an engineer to being a team lead, or they're moving into being a manager and up the management chain. And my message to them is always that remember what got you here is not what's going to get you to the next level. And it's not what's going to help you be successful here. Right. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see happening is people get to be successful in their careers because they know all the answers to the questions. They are typically, you know, the smartest people and and knowing the answers has gotten them to their successful points in their careers. And then they think that that's how you continue this progress. But the reality is that as the scope of your role grows and as you Um, sort of take on uh, more senior positions that require you to be across a multitude of different areas, it is actually impossible to be the smartest person in the room and you really never have to be the smartest person in the room. So you don't need to know the answers, you need to surround yourself with people who know the right answers. But what you need to do is you need to focus on the questions. And you need to make sure that you are always thinking about those questions that will empower the team and enable them to search for the answers and to find the answers.
2: One of my favorite quote is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. So i
1: I want to ask this question this way. Um, is it important to be childlike in, in the inquiries? And what I'm, what I'm saying, I'm saying for a reason, I've actually worked with some teams that have applied this method of understanding where it's a, and it's purposeful. Why is or what is this Mm -hmm. or how is this happening? And then there's a response and then it's, well, why? Well, because of this. Well, why that? Well, because of over this. Well, why over there? And it's a series of whys to really get to the core of of what's going on. And that's why I said like a child, because why is the sky blue? Well, because, well, the ocean. Well, why is the ocean, you know? (laughs) So they keep going, right? They always want to They're inquisitive. They want to know more and more and more to get to the heart of, well, what's the origin of this so can you talk to us there's a little thumb up from my (laughs) screen here interesting Um, can you talk to us a little bit a little bit about the uh the the probing nature and, and really getting to the core the why that really matters
0: absolutely so sean that really resonates with me i often uh you know tell my my team and and even my my children actually you need to ask the question why at least five times You know, I think that that's sort of like the rule. But to go to your point about childlike, um, I think that's really the only way to be. I think it's really important to have a beginner's mindset uh, because that's the only way you learn. Because if you walk into a situation believing that, you know, you, uh, you know everything, right? You will never learn. And having an open mind and a curiosity to really truly understand is the only way that you can grow so i love the childlike um question uh, also because it reminded me sean um uh, so i'm an avid skier i love the mountains and i love to ski and i learned to ski as an adult i actually learned uh when my when my uh, son was three years old i took lessons you know the same time that i put him in lessons. And I will never forget, but one of my instructors actually said to me, he said, you need to just be like a child. And he kind of took me to see what the kids were doing. And they were sort of going off on the edges and jumping off. And he's like, you just need to go and have fun like they are. And I was like, really? And I thought, well, why not? Let me give it a shot. And I did. And it was really fun. And I got better really quick. So yes, I I embrace the the childlike uh, thought that you brought
1: up. I love that story too. Uh, Mark and I both like to have skied together. In fact, Uh, it's (laughs) always fun. It's been a long time though. Exactly. I I want to touch on on this point, uh, sticking with kind of the questions and, and getting a response or an answer doesn't necessarily equate to solution or next step, necessarily, in my mind, anyway. So I don't know, can you can you kind of shed some light on how you translate what you get in one or more answers into something that you can work with and you can rally a team around?
0: Um, so just to make sure, Sean, that I'm understanding your question, are you going back to the uh, the point about asking the right questions so you get to the right answers? Is that sort of?
1: So you get an answer. Now what? Is is the answer the golden solution that you're looking for? Or is there more translation? Do you have to pull other data points together to really find what you're trying to to achieve? Right.
0: So I think this kind of does go to the point uh, I made earlier about uh, knowing what questions to ask, right? So I'll give you an example of something that comes to mind from, you know, more recent uh, experience. Uh, so we have some product enhancements that are being recommended, right? And uh, the, the validation for those, uh, those requirements is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being told that, well, you know, we, we ran a survey and this is uh, what we heard from our customers, and this is what uh, we need to do. And so my follow-up question is, uh, that's great. How many customers responded to that survey? And what is that as a percentage of uh, the total number of customers we have, right? Uh, Another follow-up question that I asked was, uh, how does the feedback you received in the survey compare with what you gathered through customer interviews or through focus groups. Now you can see that these questions, I'm also checking if the team actually looked at this more objectively and that they didn't rely on a single source of data, right? Because the point is that you have to look through multiple sources of data to make sure that you are making the right decision, that isn't just based on you know one data point or one answer. To your point,
2: that's interesting, and, and and I think one thing you need to always consider, especially in in these days and in technology and cybersecurity, is that change is the only constant. And so, even when you learn something or you find the right answer or even the right question, you may need to reinvented again but you build that probably on a on a on a solid some solid pillars which is maybe the way imperva does their business or the way you look at your career and and you build on top of that and and what i'm saying I, i i like to connect the changing the constant changes with maybe moment in your career where you you've learned from some mistakes, maybe some hurdles and realizing that, yeah, I'm never going to get completely there. It's it's a journey.
0: Absolutely. Everything I've learned Marco has been through mistakes. Uh, I think that is one of the most critical things to remember is that mm-hmm. if you are not making mistakes, you're clearly not trying hard enough. Yep. And if you are scared of making mistakes, you will Never try something new. Um, so I, I am a big believer in uh, you know it's it's a, a little Silicon Valley cliche I know of failing fast, uh, but you know to me what that means is a willingness to take a risk and make a mistake, but also the grit that you are going to pick yourself up after you make that mistake and take that step to correct it and learn from that. Right? It isn't just about oh well I failed that's too bad. It's no. What am I going to learn from this, and how am I going to change the outcome of you know this terrible mistake that just happened?
2: Feel free to go back and skiing because that's how I learn by falling a lot. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Or getting, getting hit by somebody else.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> too. That too.
1: So d- talk to me a little bit about. Uh, Ani, you talk to me about. Uh, Kind of what, what it feels like to, to move through the journey, and I don't know what I'm, what I'm interested in is kind of your own perspective looking in and and how that fits into, the world around you, um, when you have support, when you're, let's face it, there's always uh, there's always po- politics, right? Uh, people looking for the same thing that you're trying to achieve in many cases. So how, how do you, and this is for the audience, maybe help them understand their role in their own journey, given they don't have full control over the environment that they're journeying through all the time? Yeah,
0: that's a great question, Sean. Um, so I think that what is most important is to always be true to yourself, right? I think what is most important is to know What are those values, that personal values that you believe that are almost sacred to you, that you are not willing to negotiate on? Because I think what tends to happen is, you know, you're right, there's politics and there's, you know, games that people start to play. And it can sometimes get you to think that maybe it's okay for you to do things a certain way or that maybe that's how it's done perhaps is sometimes I think the myth, right, is that, oh, well, this is how it works. But if it doesn't feel right, if it goes against the grain for you, I think it's important to know that it's important to know what is non negotiable as a value for me and then stay true to it. Uh, Because, you know, you, People say, yeah, it gets lonely at the top and, you know, you the C-suite is considered like the top of the organization. Uh, But I actually have never believed that because I'm always a believer in the power of teams and in the importance of community. And so I try to surround myself with mentors that can guide me when I have a question that, I just can't find the answer to, or I have an answer that doesn't connect to the questions that make sense to me. And so I I really just look to surround myself with the people that I can trust, with the people that are comfortable calling out if they think I'm doing something wrong. I call them my truth tellers. You know, I, I think it's important for everyone to have some somebody around who is comfortable enough to tell you that hey you know what i think this is a terrible decision and i think you're this isn't or or even this isn't you sometimes you just need somebody else to call this out and say this this isn't this isn't you this isn't the person i know so i i'm a firm believer in you know having that support system around you to enable you to be the
1: best leader that you can be. I love that. And uh, so many important points in there. And I'd like to shift it just slightly because a lot of what we've discussed is how to do this in support of the business. So are we making the right business decisions? Do we have the right team to, to enable the business and achieve the business objectives? And we talked about asking the right questions and, and speaking with clarity and, and, and having the, the vision for what we're trying to achieve and being able to measure that. Some of the, Those are some of the points we talked about. How important are those to apply to our career in terms of here's the type of leader I want to be, and I want to communicate that. Here are my objectives. I want a team that understands and supports me in that. And then the same, the, some of the same things, right? Uh, call me out if I'm, not, <laughs> if I'm not taking the path that I, I should be, because that's not me. I'm, I don't know, can you speak to a little bit about applying some best practices, if you will, not just for the business sake, but for your own sake, kind of that purposeful journey? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think, you know, just like I said, for the business, it's important to know what are the metrics that matter, uh, I think that for our my own personal career or for our careers, it's important for us to know uh, what is it that really matters, right? Uh, what am I aiming to to be? I mean, we are we are more than just the person we are at work. It, it is uh, careers are only one part of our lives, and yes, they consume probably more hours in our day than uh, the rest of our lives. but, but it's only one part of our lives. So I think it's very important to understand in from my perspective. I believe it's very important to understand what's important to you. Uh, what do you want to grow um, in? And what do you what kind of a leader do you want to be? So it can be, you know, um, I want to be CEO one day, but what kind of a CEO do you want to be? Right? What what kind of uh, culture are you going to build in the organization that you're going to lead? Uh, that is as important in my book uh, as uh, you know, the revenue and the profitability metrics that a CEO will always have to care about.
2: That's beautiful you said. And I was just thinking about all of those that said, you know, it's lonely at the top, you mentioned that. And I'm thinking it's lonely if you make it lonely. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, if you're the one and I'm going to recap a little bit here, if you're the one that has all the answers and that doesn't ask questions and, and has all the stories already in his, in her head. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You're, you're a great boss of yourself, maybe, but you're not creating a community. And that's, I think, what is really important. And, and I think you just said everything very clearly with uh, telling beautiful stories. And I am surprised that this is the first time, despite all the conversation we had with Imperva, and I have to say, everybody is a wonderful storyteller, but it was about time that we got to meet you and, and share your experience with, uh, with, with the audience. Sean, I, I've learned a lot from this conversation. It makes me think.
1: It, it certainly does. And I think there, there are a lot of people in many roles looking to improve themselves, improve their uh, position within an organization, many of which have aspirations to, to reach this, the C-suite level. And, um, yeah, I think when one of the things you said, and we, we talked about this a little bit before uh, as well, to your point of what got you to where you are, and it's not likely going to be what takes you to the next level, right? And the people around you may also not be the same people that are with you along that journey as well. Um, and that goes to Marco's point of continuous learning and and applying those learnings in in a way. And I use the word meaningful or purposeful. Uh, if you're if you don't have the view where you want to go, you might still get there, um, but it may not feel as good. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you say this is this is where I want to go and how I want to get there, um, so I, I mean this is a fantastic conversation and and I'm I'm thrilled to have this time with you, Nani. Sure.
2: You know what? Let's finish with where we started. Yeah. The resolution. There you go, Nani. What is what is the resolution for you for the new year? Do you have one that you want to share?
0: Oh my. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did, I put, did I put you on the spot there?
0: <laughs> did you put me on the spot? Uh, no. Uh, I think that um, for me, um, you know, we touched upon the childlike and the beginner's mindset. So I always like to uh, put something on my resolution list that um, is something I've never done before. Uh, it's uh, it's a new skill or a new... Uh, area for me to be curious and and learn and um to be honest with you i started the journey this year and i intend to continue this into next year and that is uh to understand how to be a more compassionate leader and link that to the science and the neuroscience and psychology Mm. so um so that's my, uh, that's my focus, is going into the next year, uh, taking what I learned this year about compassion and being a compassionate uh, leader, uh, and applying that in uh, projects that I intend to, uh, to basically run within, within Imperva over
2: 2024.
1: Wonderful. Nice. You, me, Marco. You
2: gonna share? Me, my my resolution is to tell meaningful stories. So I'm gonna stick with this. There you go. Hopefully, to get a bigger audience, that I can make more difference every time I I tell one. And uh, this is definitely one of those that I believe is gonna make difference in somebody's mind in the way that maybe they see themselves as they they journey into their career. With a little bit more passion and and a little bit more being a little humble, it's it's a good thing. Sean, I know yours is the shortcuts. How you're gonna get up there? I'm, all, I'm out.
1: I'm It's a shortcut to what is the question? It's a shortcut <laughs> food. You know, it's, um, yeah, staying nourished, I think, uh, is good. But no, I, I think we we touched on this a little bit. The it's why I, I I like this point of being. If you're measuring activity, it doesn't necessarily equate to uh, the results and the outcome. And I'm one that I find myself active, <laughs> and then tired, and and then wonder, did that actually produce the results <laughs> that I was hoping for? I, I got a lot done. <laughs> did I get did I get the outcomes I was achi- expecting? And so, for me, that's that's something that I want to want to focus on. So being I'll use the word again: purposeful in in what I'm doing, and Mark and I share the same goals, right? To get people to think and and uh, and and to learn from others and themselves. Uh, so some of that reflection, I think, is good, and setting resolutions and goals is good too. So fantastic conversation, Nani. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. And uh, yes, I can see that uh, you are definitely impacting people's lives because I think you ask very thought-provoking questions. And thank you for having me here.
1: Oh, it has been a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. Yep, always good to chat with the Imperva team. And I mean, like Marco said, great stories at every turn, from uh, from APIs to data to bots to uh, protections, I mean, it to Uh, fraud, I mean, (laughs) you name it, different stories, different people, different elements, different people, and always great, great stories. And today we got a chance to talk about the human and the C-suite and that journey. So thanks everybody for listening and watching and uh, be sure to stay tuned for more stories from Imperva. Connect with Nani and the Imperva team when you have a chance and uh, perhaps create your own story with them as well.
0: We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share itsbmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.